This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements, which I absolutely adore. Available in on-ear, over-ear, and in-ear styles as well. But they've got a whole line of headphones depending on what exactly it is you're looking for. Whether it be small Bluetooth in-ears or big studio headphones like what I'm wearing or you're looking for a Bluetooth speaker from the tiny hotshot to the giant monster blaster or of course any of the cables and power needed to connect these and all of your other devices like computers and home entertainment systems are all available by going to pluggedslive.com slash monster. And that music means that it is time for the Bilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Avram Pilch. Avram, it has been a big week for the internet. Yes, it has. So uh, I wanted to talk uh, briefly or in our segment here about uh, the net neutrality decision that happened this week and what it might uh, might mean to, to everybody out there listening. So... Uh, even, so net, so this week what happened is the FCC, which has five commissioners, um, the uh, basic had a had a vote and three of three to two, they uh, repealed the uh, 2015 FCC regulation, which made um, which designated internet service providers as what's called a common carrier. Uh, common carrier is a term that that actually goes all the way back to 1934. It refers to, it originally was meant, meant to refer to the phone company uh, so that the phone company could not discriminate against phone calls coming from another phone company. You know, like you're in New York and I want to call you from from Florida and the Florida one has is not the same phone company as New York. Well, they have to accept the phone calls. Well, you know that seems crazy. The thought that somebody that 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 your phone wouldn't work that way, but there was government regulation to to make sure that that you you couldn't have say uh, you know local Ma Bell refusing calls for Pacific Bell or something like that. Well, the the point of net neutrality is the same thing. You 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 know it's to prevent your internet service provider from from being able to say you know what. Uh, I don't want you to view these websites because they're not paying me. Or I want to make these websites faster, so I'll still serve you these other websites or these other web services that you want, but I'll serve them so slow that you won't want to visit them. Uh, So there's obviously a lot of implications for this. And while the regulation, specific regulation they repealed has only been in place since 2015, uh, the principle of net neutrality and the regulation of net neutrality to make sure that like things remained, that ISPs could not control what you see and hear, uh, see here and, and read on the internet, uh, has been going on as long as there's been an internet. So, uh, the so what could happen here is, and would now be legal, is that your service provider could say, hey, you know what? I don't like, you want to search on Google, but I have a relationship with Bing. So you can no longer search, search Google if you have, if you have our, uh, 
you know, if you have our package, hey, you know, I I see that, you know, there's a political candidate who I like as, you know, Comcast or Verizon or whoever, because they're they're doing me a solid. I'm going to cut off uh, access to the opposing candidate's website or I mean, that's how bad it could get. It, it could really get to the point where they're censoring uh, voices uh, or publications that are saying things that, you know, the ISP doesn't want you want you to hear or, or, or see or read. And it, it could extend to political speech. It could extend to just competitive speech. It could be, you know, Comcast owns NBC. Maybe uh, maybe if you're on Comcast, you're no longer able to view the Fox website or the ABC website. Or maybe they just come in slow and you can't stream from them. Uh, you know, obviously the big one that people talk about is Netflix because, you know, obviously Netflix, a lot of people have it. And cable companies that provide internet such as, as Comcast and Optimum and all that, they don't want people becoming cord cutters. So, you know, might they, you know, might they try to, uh, you know, just slow Netflix down to the point where you can no longer stream it could happen. Or conversely, they could they could also charge you more and say, oh, if you want Netflix to cover a reasonable speed, now you got to pay. But uh, I think the bigger danger is not about the consumer paying, which could happen, but about the the provider paying, because then you're coming into a situation where small businesses, startups are not going to be able to compete. The next Google will not will not happen. The next Netflix will not happen. The current Netflix will be able to pay whatever, you know, toll toll or kickback uh, the ISPs ask for. You may end up seeing it in your bill eventually, but you know, the companies that are large players today will will be just fine. You know, they they may cost them some money, but they'll be just fine. Who won't be fine are small and medium-sized companies that are trying, struggling to succeed, trying to get off the ground. Uh, and part of it may be that they may have to make strategic decisions. Like, hey, let's say I'm running the Seattle uh, newspaper in Seattle and I have to pay the ISP for my website to be seen. Am I going to pay an ISP in New York for my website to be seen when I'm a Seattle newspaper? Probably not. So if you're here in New York and you want to read the Seattle newspaper, oops, sorry, you're out of luck. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I, I think there's some, some real serious dangers here. Now there are a number of lawsuits being filed and, uh, people who are, and of course the FCC's, uh, point of view or the three members of the FCC's point of view is that they don't want the government, uh, imposing restrictions, regulating ISPs. Uh, they feel that ISPs will be, ha have more freedom to innovate if they don't have to, if they can decide, uh, you know, what traffic they're going to carry. Uh, however, uh, you know, we haven't really had a problem with a lack of ISP innovation. You know, uh, the, the home internet speeds are plenty fast for people who have broadband. The real biggest problem that we have with ISPs is lack of competition. So you might think, oh yeah, don't worry, if my ISP blocks you know, blocks Yahoo Mail and I want my Yahoo Mail, I'll just switch. Really? Because most people have one or maybe two choices. You know, 
That's like saying there's so much competition in the airline industry that no one would possibly charge baggage fees. Where do you go if you don't want baggage fees now? One doesn't, and then the others follow. So, uh, so you, it is a very South, distressing situation. You go to Southwest. Yeah, so there's one, right? <laughs> but you can't take Southwest everywhere. Right. You know? Right. There, so there's one who's willing to buck the trend. And so, yes, I, I, I imagine that if there was a website, an a ISP that started blocking uh, you know, major websites that people wanted to visit and there was a competitor, the competitor said, we don't block them, that might gain them a few points. But that's only if the only where those two two ISPs are covering the same thing. You know, it's to to be an ISP to people's home, to provide home internet, you need infrastructure. And you're not going to get a lot of infrastructure. So, you know, here, I, here where I live, I actually have a choice of two ISPs, which is about as much as anybody in the country may have. I have a cable provider that I can use, and I have Verizon Fios. Those are the two. So... Other than that, I ha you know if I if both of those two were doing things that I did not like, blocking stuff I did not wanted to see, I would be out of luck. Uh, and I think for a lot of people, those may be tough choices. You know, I think you take the same thing with your cable package, right? So like, there's some cable channels that I would like to, you know, that my wife would like to see. Uh, but and we, you know, but they're not in our cable package. You know, we could switch cable companies to get one or two channels that are we'd like to see we could pay another 30 bucks a month for a higher package but ultimately sometimes you just make the call that like well i like this channel but i don't like it that much it's not worth a lot of money to me so the question is when it comes to websites how much are your favorite websites going to be worth and how much are the websites that you have that haven't started yet that you want to see, that you may want to see, that may become a part of your life, the next game changer disruptor uh, in your life, the next big social network, the next Uber, uh, you know, service that remakes an industry. You know, how are they going to get off the ground if everywhere they go, they're going to have to to pay every single local ISP a kickback, basically, to let them through. Uh, so I think it's a scary situation. Uh, obviously, we don't know how bad it's going to get. Uh, and, and a lot of people would say I'm being alarmist and, and ISPs haven't tried to do much of this yet. So we'll see, you know, so let's not uh, worry about it. But, you know, these things were protected under law and now they're not. So the economic incentive is for the ISPs to charge money. Because that's how they make a profit. And this is a new revenue stream for them. And you're asking them just through the goodness of their heart not to open a new revenue stream. I think that's pretty naive. So, you know, we will uh, we will wait and see uh, how this goes. But everybody should uh, be, you know, keeping up with the news. Obviously, uh, Congress has an opportunity to act also. They have 60 days to potentially disapprove of this. Uh, regulation change. Uh, they could also eventually pass their own law that would supersede whatever the FCC decides. Uh, and there are several state lawsuits underway that could limit this. So the uh, story's not over yet, but uh, the early, uh, but what happened this, this past week is definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. Now, I guess in the, in the, in 
in the interest of uh of of making sure we've got our terminology right uh the law of net neutrality ended in 2007 and what was implemented in 2015 was an fcc guidance yeah uh, just so ever just so everybody knows uh the fcc did not repeal anything the fcc cannot repeal anything because they cannot pass right. law um they did discontinue guidance uh guidance is not binding if you need to know uh how well that's working ask t-mobile who has not been subject to following any of the uh any of the guidance because but wasn't the guidance for landline only not originally oh okay uh, i thought it was only for landline isp not for wireless t-mobile actually uh fought with the fcc uh because of the expense of running a wireless network which is significantly higher than the expense of running a landline because you have to run the landline and the wireless. So totally understood. Um, and then they ended up putting in fast lanes uh, and advertising the heck out of it. It's where a lot of their business came from. Um, it is important. if I, <laughs> I am in a rare minority <laughs> who believes in the importance of, of net neutrality and is okay with what happened this week. Only because it, this is Congress's job, and then you need to tell your Congressperson to get off their butt and do their job. Um, because we need the protections in place. I totally agree. The protections should totally be in place because we're going to get ourselves in trouble. But I don't think that five people who answer only to the president should be in charge of what the ISPs can and can't do, because. That is how you make a king. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, obviously the best thing is if it would be law. But I mean, I think I think the danger here is that when you had something that was pretty much a common practice and was had some regulatory teeth behind it, if not a full mouth, let's say. <laughs> and then you say, hey, guess what? You know, we're pulling the police off the street. Do what you want. I think that's an invitation for an invitation for bad behavior. Uh, like it, I, It's totally possible, but uh, to cite an example that uh, went through the entire process in 2017, the FAA tried to create guidance that forced drone owners to register them. Uh, court said the FAA can't pass law. It went away. Congress said, we can. They signed almost the exact same thing that the FAA had passed, and the president signed it this week. So <laughs> there is the possibility that Congress could get off their butts and uh, get their job done uh, in the 60 days that they have. And to be perfectly honest, if they want to, they could sign a, a six-month thing that is the FAA's guide or what FCC's guidance, uh, and then deal with it in that time period they could extend it tomorrow if they wanted to just for those who are listening which i th i think we need to harass the heck out of our congress people to uh to get off their butts and do their jobs so i certainly agree with i certainly <laughs> agree with that excellent um there is there is a website um that John Oliver set up. I don't remember what it is, um, but I, th I bet if you search uh, 
net neutrality john oliver you'll find the website uh it links directly you i think you put in your zip code and it'll tell you who your congress people are so you can contact them uh <laughs> to make things as easy as possible but abram obviously always appreciate this stuff this is an important topic that you're absolutely right everybody should be following because this is uh this could potentially get uh messy I think the way they look at it in very simple terms is it's a freedom of speech issue. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's what it is. It's not a, it's not just a consumer issue. It's not so you pay a little more. Somebody else pays a little more. It's a freedom of speech issue because theoretically your speech could be restricted. And the internet is a great center of, of free speech and exchange of ideas. And I don't think, I don't think we want, uh, uh about a dozen, uh, large ISPs policing, uh, deciding what does, what isn't, is not acceptable speech. A- absolutely, and my guess is any, if if somebody tried to do that, any court case would uh, would step on that as as a, a free. If they if they went after it from a constitutional standpoint, that would put that, even if even if Congress didn't act, that would put a a, a legal period at the end of that sentence too um i i'm not i mean look i'm no lawyer obviously i'm but i'm not so sure of that because if the claim is that they're not a common carrier and they don't have any obligations to carry data then doesn't that mean they can discriminate uh discriminate against any form of data that they want whether the reason is freedom of speech or money you know i think i think they can there have been some tests on this in the past. Um, AT&T was taken to court in the beginning of our show, just a couple of weeks into our show uh, in 2007, just before the net neutrality stuff came down, uh, because they censored the audio on a broadcast on their own website. And... Because I guess the musician, if I remember, obviously it was more than a decade ago. So I'm trying to remember a story I wrote almost 11 years ago. Um, The artist made some political statement and they muted it on the stream. And the case went to court uh, from the artist, I think. And the end result was that the court said that since the site was owned by AT&T, they could censor their own content. It was their content on their site. They could choose what did and did not broadcast, but uh, that another carrier, that it wasn't a carrier issue. If it had been a carrier issue, they would not have been able to block something from another provider. But it's an, it was very early guidance. Um, obviously, we've seen some big changes in the courts since then. Though we do have a uh, very uh, constitutionally minded uh, Supreme Court right now, for better or worse. So <laughs> it scares people on the Second Amendment, but at least on the First Amendment, we, <laughs> we have a very constitutionally minded uh, Supreme Court. So if it got up that high, my guess is that would be the end of it. It's just a guess, though. But uh, it's definitely something... Everybody in the United States should be uh, keeping an eye on. Um, 
we want to know. Obviously, it's super early. Nothing. The guidances are still in place through basically through the middle of February, right? So uh, we want after that, we'll we'll want to know if anybody experiences any oddities in their carriers after that happens. So uh, I you wrote about this this week, right, Abram? Yes. So if you go to tomsguide.com, we have an article about the five freedoms that you could lose uh, if if there's no more net neutrality at all. Uh, so uh, check it out. Uh, and we'll obviously be keeping uh, track of the story on tomsguide.com. And it was a really good article. I read it when you published it. So as always, Abram, uh, thank you for bringing... Uh, the topic to the attention of anybody who hasn't already been following it. And again, uh, you should be following it because like we said, this is a very important topic. No doubt.